welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 270 of Moralia Python Radio. Tonight, we're talking black-headed pythons with Dave Cimino from High Caliber Herps. Uh, oh, and I don't know if you remember um, the blackheads that Dave had at Tinley yes. Park. I'm sorry. Sorry, I got so excited. <laughs> they were huge. I mean, the, the blackheads at Tinley Park, first off, I I didn't get there Friday like you did. So you got to stare at them for like three days or stare at the ones that didn't immediately get bought. But, yeah. Dude, they were sick looking. And there was this one that just had – so much black down it and it would just be like it would it's like it was like if you see on the table yeah they had them all spread out i'd be like that one that would be the one i want and josh got it and it's like god damn it so it's like (laughs) and it's almost like you're almost like there's two parts of that coin because you're like oh thank god you know somebody i know got it damn it somebody i know got it so now i have to stare at this thing for this entire existence and then heaven right. forbid he ever breeds them, they're the babies that I've wanted from this animal that I got to look at Tinley Park. It's like, party's like, sweet, I have an opening. And then you're like, at the same time, you're like, damn it. I could have to, I might have to maybe buy these things later. So, it's <laughs> I, have you ever, gorgeous. You never seem to, like, that never comes up on your list, on your short list, is blackhead and pythons. It because I'm terrified of them. Because I I get nervous when I put my California King snakes together, and they were like a hundred bucks a piece. It's right. like now we're gonna put the three thousand dollars blackheads together. Oh no, one's gone. Like I can't do it. Plus the whole force feeding the baby when it's right out of the egg also terrifies me. So right. it's like I would love if someone were to come up to me and be like, "Those are all rumors. You can do it this way." And I'd be like, "Oh my god, yes," but. I, I am still well, extremely reluctant. They're all, they're not on my list just because I am that much of a sissy. So that is why. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll break down those walls tonight because I was talking to David about that. And of course we'll get into it in the show, but uh, I was talking to him about that at Tinley. And um, he said that he didn't have as difficult a time as he thought that he was going to have, because I think uh, everybody is, nervous about those same things maybe not so much the yeah. snake eating the other snake but the uh the whole idea of uh the babies and getting them going you know um so yeah we'll hit on that for sure uh, but um man they were they were key you're right man they were killer i was drooling over them the whole entire time but uh i don't know man it's cold here what's going on with you you got uh you got anything going on nothing it's I am just going to start getting the, the uh, hibernation room ready to go so I can move the bread lie over into there. Uh, the only other thing that's going on is that, like, my male Woma has been spurring my female Woma for, like, ever. Like, he won't stop. That's it. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's that I haven't put anybody together. I'm not going to put anybody together until um, probably – Thanksgiving, I'll put a few together. 
But then I really right. won't put anybody together to try breeding until uh, February. But right now we're just starving. Like nobody's eating. Everybody's right. pissed off, especially the olive pythons. Oh, that's fun. But this, <laughs> I know, right? But this is the weird thing. Um, the white lips. I have a pair of adult gold face white lips. Uh, uh-huh. They've been kind of all summer. They've been housed together all summer. And I got them in December of last year. And she swelled up huge and that went all the way down. I mean, they kind of have been giving each other a pretty big berth in the cage. They don't really hang out. Like, there'll be one in the box and then one on top of the box. There'll be one uh-huh. on top of the box, one over the side. They're both in the box. Like, I look in there, and, like, her head's on the bottom, and his head, his head is on top of hers. And they're both looking out. It's like, well, all right, we're canoodling. And I'm like, I'm too gun-shy, plus I don't feel like bleeding, uh, to go in there and be like, what's going on? <laughs> so, um, right. I'm, like, hoping that if I give them – their space. I mean, in that cage is on the bottom, so it's a little bit cooler. Uh, the, the 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 plexiglass has been scratched to high hell by a monitor lizard, so that I can't see them and they can't see me, so they're a little bit more calm. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of hoping that this is the year for those guys. But other than that, dude, we're just trying to get everybody situated. The last couple animals that I was hoping to get ready for the year are having their feeds. Um, and then I was getting ready to start taking pictures of babies, and they're all in shed right now, so I have to wait. So. Okay, cool. Yep. And you're gearing for how many pairings? Uh, <laughs> I did the thing. Hang on. I wrote. I actually wrote an entire breeding journal of all my pairings. Get out of town. <laughs> it's just... I knew you were going to do that, and it's me. I'm so, so proud of you. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Um, I put it up on the on my uh, website so that oh, everybody cool. can check out all the pairs um, and what we have. And a lot, and, and I even have one or two that are pretty big shots in the dark, but I figured I'd put them up there and let everybody know how it's, go, how it's going. Uh, and that's with – so with carpet pythons, um, white lips, womas, Dominican red mountain boa, blood pythons, olive pythons, bread lie, IJs, jungles, my king snakes and my corn snakes, and a pair of barnack scrubs. Um, we have 24 pairings. Hmm. I'm looking at them now. Oh, good. Uh, caramel tiger jags, super. Oh, yeah. Caramel head Xanax. All right. Yeah. Granite. High contrast. Queensland. Jag. That's interesting. I don't know <laughs> where that, that one came from. But <laughs> that's it's out of the box for you. Of, well, I have this granite. And he's just sitting there. And this guy <laughs> I know who's so into IJs is taking the year off. So I got nothing for him to do. And then I have the high con jag, which it's kind of like the same thing. So I'm like, screw it, we'll make, we'll make head granite jag thingies. And I, I was kind of hoping that the color from a high con would follow through, and then, uh, you know, we could see what that does to it, and hopefully just make some pretty babies. Mm. I like the I mean, uh, the, barn the entire plan of sure. everything is. The entire plan make of everything pretty is to make pretty babies. That's it. That everything is true. else, pretty yeah. babies. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. 
yeah, I have the um, the actual show in the show description. I have uh, I put our our uh, websites and stuff in there, so you can click nice. on the Rogue Reptiles and it'll go straight to your uh, to your website. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't have a whole lot going on. I, I was telling you before the show started that. Um, I just installed a water filtration system in my house today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I had, I had, I had the water tested and um, it wasn't, uh, there was high chlorine and whatnot and um, lots of sediment and it's very hard water. And I just thought, I don't know, man, I, I don't know how, I, well, I do know how important water is, but I don't know if, like it seems that that's never a topic that people focus on um mm. important um as far as health of their animals and stuff so i don't know i'm interested to uh to see if it changes anything um it makes it ph uh alkaline water instead of uh acidic so okay so it makes it more basic as opposed to acidic uh-huh. yay chemistry so, right. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you're like, I don't fucking know. I just drink the water. So, um, <laughs> so that that's good, though. I mean, we were kind of talking about that a little bit ago uh, when it comes to, like, what I had at my mom's place. Like, my snakes would, like, dip their head in the water, and then, like, the next day would be, like, white and calcium all over yeah. their head. Yeah. For sure. I, uh... <laughs> I remember my IJs because they like to sit in the bowls, the water bowls a lot. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, they would always have that white crap on their yep. head. You know, Philadelphia water was, was the worst, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, just installed today. So I don't know. Hopefully maybe it'll help with, uh, you know, the mineral deposits that are on um, your cages and stuff and, all that kind of crap. So, not like I do yeah. a whole lot, of, and, a whole lot of spraying or anything like that. But well, uh, and, and here's the other thing is like I just got the the sink put in, so I am thoroughly enjoying that. I like I pulled a bunch of water bowls from like half the room yesterday, and I literally let them soak overnight in like a bunch of cleaning stuff. Pulled them out, uh-huh. dried them, all that fun stuff, and then gave them back to the snakes this morning. And it was like one of those I really enjoyed having the bowl like sanitize the entire bowl because like for the longest time I've been like bleach wiping and cleaning most of it like inside outside scrubbing and then drying. This is it worked out great. Pull the water, let it soak, pull it out, dry it off, put it back in the cage. So, and I like it because now I can also do baby tubs that that way too, and uh, it's fantastic. So. <laughs> Yeah, having a sink in your room, man, is like, uh, oh my god, that's like heaven sent. I freaking love and, it. And, <laughs> Andrew actually, it was really funny that Andrew actually has a hose in his room uh-huh. for the monitors, so this way he can just like open their cage and like spray down their cage so it gets all nice and you know humid, and also you can spray uh-huh. them like in the face when they're running at him. So uh-huh. um, that might be the. I don't think I'm at that point where I need the hose. But, you know, maybe. So I have a short hose, but uh it's it's 
it comes in it comes in pretty handy when you want to you know mm-hmm. stretch stuff out. I gotta get a bigger sink, but uh, I'm telling you, man, that's like um, mm-hmm. it's like the greatest thing ever when you have a sink. I mean, I used to have to go from the from my room into the next room into the spare bathroom and use the bathtub and like oh my god, it was such a pain in the ass. Well. Exactly, and what I love is that my son is going to my rodent freezer. So literally, they're going from the freezer into the buckets that's already sitting in the sink, run the hot water, and that's it. And then I walk out. And then it's like, right. I'll be back in 20 minutes when everything is thawed. I had to right. take the buckets full of frozen rodents, run all the way upstairs to my second floor bathroom, to the tub, uh-huh. to use the hot water to thaw out the rodents. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass, man. Now we're yeah, now we're high end, man. <laughs> no, now we're just lazy. So yeah. it's like Well, it's so much yeah. it's so much easier uh to uh to to work in the room now because it's all yeah. like right there. I, I equate it to, you know, <clears throat> when I started playing guitar, I had this shitty ass guitar. It was horrible. Strings sucked. They were old. Action was high. It depressed till you bled, till your fingers bled. And it was like, oh man, to get sound out of this thing was just painful. But somehow I managed to be able to do it. And then when I got a real guitar, <laughs> it was like, what it's so the much hell? easier. This is so easy, you know. But that's uh, paying your dues, I guess, you know. But well, and so uh, it, I, the next step for me is I like I keep seeing Matt like wheeling around with his little, you know, little cart. Old janitor cart in his snake room. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah. a little jealous of his little cart. So that might be the yeah. next thing is, you know, just wheel it around places. So <laughs> You're official when you have a little maintenance cart. <laughs> I know. Then, then you're then you're big time. Big time. But um all right. Uh I don't have anything else really, so do you have anything else? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. All right. Let's get David on and get this going. Hey, David. Welcome to Morelia Python Radio. Glad to uh, to have you. Hello. Uh, how you been? Glad to talk to you guys as well. Okay. Yeah. So we're just going to get right into it. We're going to start right at the beginning and just figure out how you got your start in reptiles. What What got you started in reptiles? Well, I uh, first actually started keeping uh, reptiles probably around 2000, uh, you know, and, and before then I always had an interest in them, uh, you know, seeing the dinosaurs at the museum and um, I actually grew up in the Tampa area. So uh, around uh, the house, they've got all these little, I guess, brown and olds running all over the place. You kind of see them running around and you, you try to catch them and try to get them into the house, you know, in the shoebox and Every time I'd bring one in, you know, my mom would throw the thing out, and we would just repeat that process over and over until I finally would, uh, you know, try to keep one. And I actually never got to keep a reptile as a child. You know, that was kind of the uh, the closest I got to keep. And, uh, right. Fast forward, uh, we moved to Illinois and met, met my uh, my good buddy, uh, Mr. Paris there, Andrew Paris. And, uh, oh, yeah. First time we go to his house um, – he, it must have been in a you know forty breeder aquarium or so, some big uh, enclosure. He had this huge savanna, and I was just I was so impressed by this animal, you know. And uh, 
we'd feed it mice, you know, and just watching this, uh, you know, the reptile, like, wow, I actually have a pet reptile in this house. I just thought it was the coolest thing. And yeah, <laughs> That's and, uh, awesome. of course, of course, uh, him, uh, you know, a wealth of knowledge on reptiles. He knew all the scientific names and, you know, Varanus this and Varanus that. And I was just kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, just impressed at his knowledge. And uh, yeah, I remember one time for science, um, he wrote this, it probably is close enough to a scientific, you know, thesis on monitors, you know, and I think it blew the teacher away, you know, just with, with his knowledge all of a sudden on these, uh, you know, monitor lizards. And so I was kind of living vicariously through him, you know, keeping the reptiles. And, uh, uh, you know, after school, we kind of separated a little bit, went our own ways and uh, met up probably around the 2000 uh, time frame. And uh, right. first time over at his house, again, walking in his living room, there's this beautiful enclosure, and he has this probably six-foot doomerals, you know, uh, just sitting uh-huh. in his living room. And, again, I thought, you got to be kidding me. This is twice. I'm blown away by this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so at that, point, at that point, we're talking, and he's like, you know, they have these things, uh, you know, these monthly reptile shows. And, again, that blew me away. You can actually go and, you know, see people's enclosures and the way they're keeping reptiles and talk to people who keep reptiles. So it was it was almost a monthly trip, you know, over to our uh, local reptile show and uh, finally broke down and I got my first reptile, you know, and uh, uh, been keeping them ever since. What was your first reptile? Uh, it, actually, I started off with a, you know, a nice high-end uh, royal. Uh, we searched that show for probably, uh, you know, two hours finding the, the highest-end royal we could find, you know. It, it, was, it was just a normal, you know, but uh, uh, again, with his... Uh, <laughs> His keen eye, you know, we picked the best one out of the, the you know, hundred that were probably at the show, and uh, uh, yeah, it's been great. Oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah. Awesome. So, what and is it, your collection? It, again, it oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and again, it wasn't uh, two months later that uh, we had several jungles uh, in the collection as well, so it didn't take us too long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, to move from the you can't be to friends. The jungles. You can't be friends with Andrew Paris and not have a jungle, uh, get the jungle bug, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, right? <laughs> even, even since back then, too, he's been having uh, some high-end jungle, so. Yeah, that's awesome. So what did your collection grow into, I mean, from from then till now? Sure. Uh, um, we've probably got – my wife always asks, how many do you have? You know, and uh, I try not to count because I don't, don't, I don't want to give her the number. That's a trap. You know? Yeah, that is a trap <laughs> question. So, I mean, it's probably between somewhere between 50 and, you know, 60-ish, maybe maybe that one in the 70s, but, um, you know, with okay. hatchlings and whatnot. But it's not a, a huge collection, but we, uh, you know, obviously uh, a little of this, a little of that, and, yeah. Cool. So what what drew you to the blackheads? I mean, what what was that uh, that made you want to get those? Sure. Um, the, again, right around that time, started going to the, the reptile shows and a little bit beforehand. Uh, I picked up this book, and um, it was actually called the Encyclopedia of Snakes. It was this huge, okay. big color photo book, and it I mean it had a description of every single type of you know snake from around the world, and. Uh, it was just the Australia section that just drew me to it. And I read that, that chapter, that section of the book, I don't know how many times. And, you know, right in the middle of the, the page is this beautiful blackhead kind of out in the wild. And I thought, holy cow, they, they have 
they have pythons in Australia, you know, at the time I was mm-hmm. you know, learning, but um, it was, uh, I, I thought it was the most beautiful animal, you know, that I, I'd seen at that time. And I thought if there's no way that I could ever have, I mean, they're from Australia, you know, how could I ever get right. one of these? And, um, and it wasn't the next show or two at the, uh, um, in Indianapolis, um, Don Hamper, he had a big setup set, you know, at that show and he had a pair of them sitting on his table, you know, and I thought, you've got how in the world, uh, how did these, how did these make it over here? You know, then then again, I didn't ask any questions or anything, and um, I started talking about him, and he just kind of you know here I am some wide-eyed uh, you know youngster talking to you know Don Hamper about his blackheads, and um, he just kind of looked at me like you can't afford these, you know what are you doing here, you know, and from that point on, I thought I got no, I gotta I gotta find a way to get a get some. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, <clears throat> was that was that your pinnacle species? Was that the one that you know was the one that was farthest out of your? You know, we we always have those uh, that species that we shoot for. Is, is that where blackheads fell mm-hmm. for you? Oh, for sure, for sure. And then uh, you know you kind of see womas pop up around. I thought, oh, those are those are real pretty, and maybe it'd be nice to get some womas. And but it, it was always kind of no, no, no. The the blackhead that was kind of that was it, and. Maybe it was from the, you know, the reading the chapter in the book or, you know, just from talking to, you know, uh, Don at the show. And, uh, but I thought, wow, mm-hmm. if, if someday I could get a, you know, get a blackhead or a pair of blackheads or whatever I could do. Right? And was, <laughs> <laughs> little by little, you know, and. Sure. Sure. You kind of morphed into that. So, so now that you have the blackheads, what's your, what's your new pinnacle species? Uh, you know, I I don't know. I have more blackheads, I guess. I, they're my favorite <laughs> python. So. <laughs> oh, okay. We got to Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've kept I've kept retics, and I've keep kept uh, you know my carpet pythons as well. And um, mm-hmm. for now, I, I just uh, they're just so different. I mean, they're they're more uh, hunters, you know, as opposed to kind of the predators that kind of sit and wait for the food to enter the cage, and they're. Um, They'll kind of sneak up on you every once in a while, and you'll kind of be rustling around in the paper. Then you realize there's this big head that popped out of nowhere, you know, and it's it's wondering what are you doing messing in its cage. And as opposed to you know some of the other species, are just they know you're in the room, you know, you can kind of watch their watch their eyes and everything. But I think the blackheads are there's something special in them. Right. Nice. Do you, do you um do you find um that uh, you hear that a lot that they're different from other, you know, other snakes, so to speak. Um, are they different from Womas as well, in your experience? Or uh, I mean, they're very similar to Womas. I mean, with that, the kind of. Uh, I mean, when you're holding one, you know, I'm sure you guys kind of hold them. They can at one moment kind of just be like wet noodles, you know. Then the next, they're kind of looking around at you and they're kind of uh, checking you out and. They kind of do this sneaky thing when they're kind of sniffing around almost, you know, with your arm. And next thing you know, there's uh, <laughs> there's jaws on you, yeah. you know. And, yeah, they, they yeah they're things, chewing right? you. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, okay, so you work mostly with the westerns, uh, I take it, because that's what you had at the show. But I mean, exactly. Well, first, yeah. is that you're only working with westerns? Are you ever going to work with easterns or? Oh. I, I don't know why I wouldn't work with some Easterns. Right now I just have the Westerns. Um, okay. It was just kind of a, you know, let's 
<laughs> let's take one step at a time, you know, with, uh, um, you know, working with my, uh, my, my species, you know, that I always wanted. And I thought, wow, sure. these, these Westerns, I, I just really like the high contrast and the, um, that's what the Westerns are all about. That, that black and white, you know, the, that nice cream color, you know, with the nice high contrast and uh, the Easterns are going to get more of that, the colorations, you know, the kind of the reds or the yellows and the, you know, then of course the, you know, they have the morphs as well. Um, but, right. Yeah. I could see myself getting some Easterns. Sure. <laughs> um, so I'm curious with the Westerns, did it, you know, how does that contrast um, hold out into adulthood? Are they, uh, more contrast as adults as opposed to the Easterns um, or. Sure. Um, my, uh, my Westerns, they're, they're pretty high contrast even as adults. And I mean, okay. I'm sure every, I haven't really worked with the Easterns. I mean, I've seen some really pretty Easterns as adults and I've seen some other ones that are just almost, uh, you know, the color kind of blends into each other, you know, and um, mm-hmm. so I, I'm, I'm sure the same thing with any other species. You'll have some higher contrast, you know, adults and some that just kind of, I guess the color blends, you know. Okay. <clears throat> Did cool. you, are you working with particular, um, particular lines? Did you, like, where did you, where did you get yours? Sure. From? Um, I have, uh, what, right now, I mean, I don't have a, a huge collection of them. You know, I have. I have two females and a male, you know, right now of the blackheads. Um, so right. One of my females came from, uh, from Derek, you know, Derek Roddy. And uh, right. the other female um, came from uh, Tom Keoghan. And uh, the male as well also came from Tom. So I'm trying to, nice. trying to, trying to work the male. And the male, he's, I mean, he's probably the pinnacle of my collection, I think. He's so, he's so contrast. Um, it, his color is just amazing. And, you hate to turn, you know, use the generic term, you know, exanthic, you know, or anything like that. Uh, but he is so mm-hmm. high contrast. He's, uh, and I'm so, I'm so happy that, uh, you know, I got the, the reactions I did at the show, you know. But um, I think he would have blown any of those animals away. Uh, he's, he's that good looking, I believe. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Right. That's pretty awesome right. because they were killer, man. So. Right. Speaking of Tinley, before we get into keeping, uh, you know, that was your first time vending at Tinley, right? Yeah, yeah, at Tinley. You know, I've set up at some smaller shows, but uh, I mean, nothing compares to to Tinley. I mean, I remember the first time I walked into Tinley, actually, you know, attending Tinley, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, this is this will be neat. You know, it'll be a little bit larger event, and you know, three seconds in the door, it's just overload. You know, anyone who has has not been to Tinley. I mean, you really need to check that show out. It's it's something mm-hmm. else. They have it, – it's it's literally – I mean, I have to walk around the show probably for two hours just to kind of calm myself down, you know, to kind of see see what I'm actually looking at. And then you finally actually enjoy, you know, what you're seeing, you know. Yeah. No kidding, man. I felt <clears> – <throat> I was there for – what were we were there for three days, and I still didn't see everything. At least that's what I felt I know. like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. I totally felt the same way. I mean, I bet I saw a third of the show and I mean, granted I'm running the, running the table and whatnot, but I thought, man, what do you mean? I don't get to see the show. You know, I, I love talking to everybody. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just to get to see the show and run the table. And, you know, you get to do it all. It's far from that. Yeah. You know, that was, uh, 
It's quite no. an experience. Cool. Awesome. All right. All right. So, okay, go ahead, Owen. Let's talk some keeping. Cool. It's, yeah, keeping. Um, so what is your approach to kind of keeping the blackheads? Can you kind of walk us through, you know, everybody from little guy to big guy when it comes to, like, heat and caging? Sure, sure. Um, they're, once the adults are, you know, adult size, they're pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they love their food. They love kind of um, – <laughs> I don't want to say stalking you, you know, catching you off guard, but it seems like you'll, uh, you got to know what you're uh, getting into when you're opening up the door. Cause they're, they're uh, very uh, into their, their caging, you know, in their environment and um, temperature wise. I mean, I keep mine on the hotter side, uh, probably around 95 to 97. Um, it's, they seem to really enjoy the heat um, on the cooler side. I keep uh, my rooms heated, you know, so I, Kept it about 80, 82, just ambient temperature. So mm-hmm. overall, um, compared to maybe your your standard way of keeping them, um, I, I would say you keep them a little bit hotter. Um, the uh, caging, um, pretty good sized cage, um, anywhere from a four foot to a six foot cage. Um, I uh, I tried something a little bit different with these guys too. I, I'm offering a multiple hide, so hot side they have a hide cold side they also have a hide and then i'll kind of give them a uh, i guess you could generically call it like a nesting box but just something else in the cage that they could kind of crawl around in because they they don't just you know stay in the cold side and go to the hot side they're they're, they're hunting all the time it almost seems like and they're burrowing under the uh, i keep them on newspaper um but you'll find them burrowing under the paper and um they, they're just interesting to, you know, to watch in any part of the day. Um, as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I've got a, a retic as well, and he'll just kind of chill on the mm-hmm. hot side or chill on the cold side. To, these guys are much more, more uh, much more active, you know, in that way. Yeah, okay. exactly. So, uh, you know, their cages are kind of set up um, with that in mind. Um, and I'll, you know, move a hide a little bit over here, move a hide there just to, I think they, uh, you know, enjoy kind of exploring their cages, so I'll change it up every now and then. And then, of course, a nice big water bowl as well. Um, not not for them to soak in or anything like that, but, um, you know, just to kind of keep that humidity up just a little bit. Okay. I have a, but, I have, I have a quick question about the temp. So, number one, have you experimented with, like, lower temps? Did you start with lower and then you noticed something and you raised them higher, or is it just – how you were told Start to high. keep them? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, I was, uh, um, you know, I was probably keeping them probably in the lower 90s or so, and they really just liked the heat. So I adjust the little thermostat, you know, uh, um, okay. a little bit more, a little bit lower, a little bit more. And it seems like, well, they really they really like that. And uh, just kind of doing my research and checking them out. Uh, um, you know, I watch the K Brothers and whatnot on YouTube and um, you know, Peter Birch, you know, and all, the, all those guys over there trying to, give us tips over here and um they're mm-hmm. even talking about even the hotter temperatures than that as well you know uh you know 110 or so 115 and um you know with extra extra lighting in the cage and i i don't know why they're really i mean they they really love basking in the heat so i can totally okay. see that and then my follow-up question to that would be 
do you put it on a cycle where that heat turns off at night or, and it's just ambient temperature or how does that work? Yep, exactly. That's what I do. I, I, I give everything a little bit of a drop at night. You know, uh, I don't want to try to keep everything so uh, laboratory, like, you know, where it's 90.1 degrees in the cage all the time, a little variance. I think, I think they enjoy that. Um, you know, and outside every day, uh, you know, the temperature kind of rises and falls, and uh, uh, I think it's just fine to, to let the nighttime, uh, you know, air just kind of cool down everything a little bit. Sure. Okay. And and another thing, too, in the room, um, mm-hmm. I keep them in an upstairs uh, bedroom. Uh, my house, it, it was uh, at one point segmented into, like, individual apartments. So I only okay. have uh, – the room that they're kept in – um, it was like a studio apartment, you know, so if you can envision a, a bigger room with kind of a kitchen, you know, and a sink. I heard you guys talking about that earlier. That's, that's so mm-hmm. nice having a sink available. But, but the, room has two, <laughs> the room has two huge windows, you know, so okay. um, in terms of light cycle, they're, they're literally just getting the light of the outside, uh, you know, the sun all year round. And I, I placed the cages just so that light obviously is hitting them from both sides. Um, instead of kind of worrying about timers and things of that nature, I'm taking advantage of the room here with just the, you know, the light from outside all season round. So they're, uh, they're really uh, sensitive, you know, to barometric pressures and the time of the year when it starts getting cold, you, uh, they'll actually uh, stay in the colder side a little bit more, you know? So it's, it's almost like, well, they're staying on the colder side. What's that telling you? You know, we need to kind of turn the temperatures down a little bit and work like that. So they're really, uh, they're really cued into the environment. Very cool. So, like, yeah. you got if everything section kind of like studio apartments. Do you have their like separate heat in that? Like, is your snake room on its own heating and cooling kind of deal? Um, I, and I'm totally excited. I, I heard about that that new spider robotics, uh, you know, yeah. thermometers and yeah, that whole setup. I'm I'm still ordering one of those this week because I'm I'm just kind yeah. of at the uh, at the mercy, I've got you know a, a thermometer in the room, obviously monitoring everything, mm-hmm. and the the heater is kind of one of those standalone heater units, and it, and yeah. it's got a little thermostat on it, you know. But I, it's close, you know. It'll maybe that kind of plays into the natural uh, variation of temperature in the room as well, because it sometimes uh, it'll be a degree or too hot, a degree or too cold, and uh, but I'd I'd really like to dial in the room temperature. I think that would be. Uh, Give a little bit more control over awesome. that. Yeah. Yeah. Eric's getting his, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to order mine when I figure out how to get it working I in there. Know, so right? everybody's going to try it all at once. So, um, so <laughs> yeah, this thing's probably going to go on back order as well. So we're never oh, dear God. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> order it now. So you pretty much said with the adults what you got going on with the caging and the bins and uh, the water bowls and stuff like that. What about little guys, babies? Are we – in tubs, smaller caging, uh, God mm-hmm. forbid, tanks. What do we got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I've got a rack. Um, okay. It's all about, like, building building the racks. They're real hands-on, you know, with that part of the, the hobby. I just I just think it's kind of neat and fun to do. You kind of can custom make it uh, any way you like it. And um, so I've got a homemade rack with the babies on there. And the, the babies really like a smaller tub. I mean, they are okay. they are good-sized babies. Uh uh, like for those, those babies that we had at Tinley, I mean, they're in six, you know, quart shoe boxes. You know, they're in 
what you may uh, normally think of. Boy, they, you know, they're about ready to grow out of. No, they really like that. Um, the kind of closer, uh, close uh, quarters, you know. And I'll move them from that. You know, from, yeah, exactly. Um, and, of course, if they grow a little bit bigger, you're not going to cram a four-foot, you know, python into a six-quart, you know. But but maybe just a little mm-hmm. bit a little bit smaller. And, I mean, their attitude totally changes when you move them into a little bit bigger enclosure. I mean, I'll have a – I always keep a a level or two that's just empty. You know, I can kind of monitor my temps in there, and um, and I'll move them from the small six quarts to, a, you know, like a 28-quart, you know, tub. And it, it's almost – immediately their attitude just, just changes. They get defensive and they're kind of flighty and they're, um, they'll, they'll kind of go into this S position and they'll, uh, uh, they don't really bite as babies, which is kind of interesting. Um, they just kind of do this, uh, like a headbutt type of action at you. So it's, you're not okay. going to get hammered by the babies, you know, so uh, uh, it's kind of neat with them. But as babies, you're a little bit smaller tubs, you know, so. Okay, that's cool. So, yeah. and what kind of temps are we looking at for the babies? Like, you crank them up there too, or are they kind of a little bit less hot? Yeah, they're yeah, they're a little less hot. Um, they're probably at ninety, ninety two, ninety three degrees or so. Um, okay. But, yeah, and again, they really like the heat, is what I found. So, okay. and of course, give them a little hide, um, give them a little bit of you know a smaller deli cup water, and um, not until they're a little bit bigger than all start working with that little bit hotter temperatures. All right, cool. So now when it comes to feeding, because we've heard kind of some mixed things from past guests about having blackheads uh, healthy on an all-mammal diet. Um, they sure. It could be a little bit difficult. They need a little bit of varied diet. I think Derek was the one who told us that uh, he feeds fish every once in a while or a bird. Um, sure. What sure. is the – What's the diet like for your guys? Sure, and I, I remember that episode. I was taking notes that whole episode. This is some great information <laughs> he's given us, you know. And um, I, I vary with with rodents. You know, I haven't gone so far as um, I'd love to find an outlet for fish or something just to vary it that way. But um, I do mice. I'll do rats. You know, everything's always smaller items. That, that's that's the uh, that's the key right there. Multiple smaller items if they're really small, but. You know, you're not feeding to make a, you know, a lump in them. Um, you're not trying to see how fast they can, grow, you know, grow. They need they need that time to grow. You're not going to force them to, you know, breeding size, and they they need that time to grow, and it's just unhealthy for them, you know, to, to kind of get to that size where they're, you know, the obese size. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they okay. eat. I, I bet they'll eat, you know. Everything. Every day, every other day, yeah. There, there's no problem with that. Once they're uh, – um, if you got them in adult size, they're they're eating machines. Jesus. And uh, are they? Yeah. Are they quick? Like, do you open the cage, and like, do you got to be right there with the food, or a blackhead's coming right out at you, or are they kind of like <laughs> a little bit more set back, kind of waiting because they know it's coming? Hey, I mean, you'll kind of you'll just see kind of what you you know thinks is is that the blackhead's head? You know, then next thing you know, it'll be closer and. Um, oh, okay. The, 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 they're almost a little sneaky on that, and and they do this. Uh, I mean, I've seen these guys. Uh, um, every one of mine has done this. If you somehow trying to be a little standoffish, you know, and say their coils, um, you know, up against the wall, 
um, they know right where your hand is, and your hand will uh, kind of do this almost pinning action where your hand will get pinned to the side of the cage, and you're just kind of oh. wondering where where's the where's the pointing end? You know, you know, yeah. nothing you know. Well, where are the teeth? You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's nothing that you can't just move your hand out of, but it's it's just so interesting that, you know, I'm trying to think, okay, so they're in a, you know, a den or a burrow, you know, in the wild, and something comes crawling in that hole. They can actually hold that prey item right there until they, you know, maneuver themselves to grab a hold of it. So it's... Or just crush it. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But yeah, varying the diet, that's so important with these guys. Cool. Do they, um, uh, when you, have you ever fed to where, uh, do they constrict or are they, like yeah, you're saying, they do they just, <laughs> you know how oh, carpets exactly. will. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, they'll, uh, you know, they'll coil up and everything like that. Um, okay. but uh, on the other hand, if I'll, uh, you kind of get in there, I'll just kind of do a little, make them kind of hunt for the food as well. You know, put a okay. put a mouse on top of a you know hide box, or put something over here in a hide, and you no, know, let them let them hunt it out. It doesn't. They don't need to have some big, uh, you know, coming across the room, throwing coils every which way, and um, you know, mm. squeezing the you know the frozen rat till the you know <laughs> the water just drips off it. You know, <laughs> they kind of let them you know kind of just to hunt it out and. So right, the opposite of a scrub, where it'll kind of, kind of not go crazy. All right, I like this idea. So, all right, cool. So let's uh, before we get into breeding, I'm curious um, as far as size goes. Um, like maybe you can tell us about you know the size of your adults, um, and then. When did you try to first breed them? You know, did you go by size? Did you go by age? Did you go by both? Uh, sure. Um, my animals are probably in that probably six foot range, maybe maybe five foot ish. You know, um, but they're definitely not you know seven foot or anything of like that. They're about that medium size, I guess I would call it. You know, uh, the size of probably a. Uh, I don't want to say, uh, you know, a water bottle, but they're not that big around. But um, probably in that, gosh, I'd, three to four inches or so around, you know, I'm just trying to envision what, what could be a uh, comparative of the, the size of the, of the animals, you know. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, probably around that right that range. And um, for, from everything I've, I've heard, um your animals are going to be, you know, four years old at least, you know, before you're trying to breed them. Um, and, okay. And mine were five. So I bred my first female um, when she was five, and uh, uh, the other female, uh, you know, when she was six. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be the first to, you know, admit the uh, the first time I tried to breed the first female, you know, it, it, it didn't go well at all, you know, Um it's uh, you're kind of hard to try to think about, you know, did you make mistakes, you know, at that time? But um, mm-hmm. I think if everyone's kind of a little transparent in their, you know, keeping in their, you know, if they, if something did go wrong, I mean, why not talk about it and try to see, you know, prevent somebody else from doing maybe a same mistake or, you know, learn it from your own mistakes. So. Sure. 
Certainly. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things where you see everybody, you know, breeding and everybody's successful, and then, you know, you never see, like, anybody's <laughs> the, <laughs> the failures, no, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, so... Yeah, right. No one wants to see moldy eggs or, you know, uh, you know, eggs that are just kind of funny looking and yeah, no one right. takes pictures of that stuff. But so, yeah, the, okay. um, the first year, uh, yeah, either my male was just too young, you know, and the, mm-hmm. he just couldn't fertilize the eggs properly. Or um, I, I'm wondering if my temperatures just didn't get cold enough, you know, if I didn't drop the temperatures down enough that year. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, one of those two things happened, and the the eggs didn't look good at all. You know, it was all just. Uh, um, at first, I thought, you know, to be honest with you, I thought she was egg bound. You know, and I thought you got to be kidding me. But dreaming of this, you know, working so hard, and um, she's sure trying to pass these eggs, and uh, it, what she passed did not look like anything like an egg. You know, so I thought, what in the world am I doing wrong? And right. And, following year, you know, we just uh, worked on the temperatures a little bit more and, um, yeah, we got some eggs here. Okay. So awesome. we'll break that, we'll break that down so that uh, maybe people can uh, learn from what you did. Um, so, all right. So we're looking at five years I've heard, and I don't know how true this is, but you said you have 2.1, right? Uh, 1.2. Oh, one point two. Okay. Females. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. So, I guess then it doesn't matter with having the extra male. I mean, I I, I don't know. I I think I heard that on Reptile Radio a long time ago, where I think it was sure. Derek Roddy that mentioned that it's good to have an extra male. You know, um, do you have sure. any thoughts on that? I, I've heard the same thing, and I wondered the same thing as I was growing these up. I thought, boy, I got to get another male. You know, this is this is silly. You know, we're we're doing this with only one male. And um, there's one thing about this male that uh, when it's that time of year, he's uh, I, I don't he'll pretty, he'll breed anything. You know, um, <laughs> just don't put him with a carpet python. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, dear God, <laughs> or anything like that. We're not trying to do. Anything. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh yeah this male he uh um when it's time for breeding he he will uh he will breed and breed and breed and breed and so uh, thank goodness you know and uh, kind of felt bad for the females sometimes you got to kind of uh <laughs> clean them up you know <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> but uh she uh but yeah this male he he definitely can do the breeding and maybe that was another thing too maybe uh maybe that first year was just too much for him as well because um, uh-huh. I tried, I tried both females, and the one female wanted nothing to do with him at all. You know, at that, mm-hmm. and at that point, uh, she was, uh, um, yeah, she was about five at that time. So I, I needed to give her another year. She wanted nothing at all to do with the male. Um, the other female was, you know, very receptive, um, almost to the point where, um, and I'd never seen this before in the, in the snakes as well. So if anybody is you know, seen this before, or if you guys have seen this before, but I mean, she would almost like lift her tail up and do like a, like a luring type of action, yeah. you know, and um, it, was, it was really cool to see. I've got this little uh, LED on a stick kind of thing, you know, my room's dark and everything, and I'm just kind of, you know, pop in at, you know, 11 at night or, you know, four in the morning or something, you know, and just kind of take a look to see what's going on in there. And 
It was the first time I'd ever seen that. Have you guys ever seen anything like that with the female? I have when it comes to carpets. I've you've seen I've seen one female where she kinda like lift well, I have one female that will lift her tail while the male's like spurring. It's almost like you gotta catch it when he's spurring her and then she'll lift the tail and then it's like she's receptive. I've only seen it a few times. Um most of the times I come in and I catch them locked. Like you never see the uh full rigmarole of getting everybody in the right positions. So Right. Um, right. Uh, and I also have seen a female kind of lift her tail and then, like, run around the cage. And then you see the male, like, follow <laughs> in the exact line that she just did with her lifted tail. And it's like, well, you stop moving, he's coming. So it's sure. like that kind of thing. So I've seen that. But not anything kind of – not anything like anything else. So Sure, sure. Um, so let's, let's back it up and, um, let's go like, do you have a preseason prep? I mean, when these, do they go earlier than say like other pythons? Yep. Um, they're, uh, definitely earlier, earlier than anything, you know, earlier than the IJs, um, Whoa. Maybe a, a couple of weeks or two earlier than the IJs. Uh, wow. Earlier than any of the, the you know, the, the Royals or anything like that. Uh, um, they're early. And I, I'm in Illinois, you know, so we don't get super cold. I mean, you guys get, you know, harsher winters than we get. Um, uh-huh. But maybe it's a geographic thing, but um, the, it's almost that that first kind of cold uh, spell, probably two weeks before uh, before Tinley, it started getting cold and, we started, uh, you know, just dropping the temperatures, uh, you know, at night a little bit more. And um, again, it, it almost seems like they're they're cued in um, with the with the light cycle. It's it's what I attribute it to. So yeah, definitely early. Okay. So and we had. Do you are. Okay. Oh, I was going to say uh, the eggs. Uh, um, the eggs, I guess, were laid early March. You know, so. That kind of gives you a time frame. Okay. Um, Do you do any kind of um, cycle feeding or, you know, making sure that the – I mean, I know you were saying smaller um, meals more often as, you know, the regular, uh, you know, maintaining of these guys. Do you you change that up at all pre-breeding? Yep, uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's a huge cue. Um, the the cycle feeding that um, every, everything that I've I've bred, I've always tried that, and it it works great. So right around May, you know, and maybe just yet another small whatever small rat, you know, or if you're feeding mice, maybe another mouse or two, you know, but um, just the females. And uh, if there's one time of the year, it's just those couple months right before the the breeding season. And then of course okay. uh, they're shut off for so a month or so, of, uh, you know, beforehand. So mm-hmm. the adults haven't ate, you know, in September, you know, early part of September for me. Okay. So when do you start dropping the temps? As soon as it starts dropping outside, that's when you're like, okay, it's time to start cooling it down. Yep, exactly. So if if maybe the the normal part of the year is twelve hours of you know, heat 12 hours off, then I'll start backing it down maybe a, you know, half hour or so. Um, 
and I'm using herb stats, you know, so it's really easy for just to kind of tune those right in um, every week or two, you know, kind of dial it back, dial it back, dial it back till you're at, you know, eight hours of heat for the day. Okay. Yeah. And what's your, what's your bottom temp that you're shooting for? Um, they, uh, they went probably into the, I hate to put a number to it, but I bet it was it was low seventies, you know, high sixties or so. It was it okay. gets cold, and then uh, right. um, yeah, in the day, then I then I just crank up the heat. Um, so the daytime, they're still seeing that you know ninety five, ninety seven um, degree heat as well. So it's kind of that that big extreme, um, it, normal you know for 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 these guys, but for anything else, it just seems like why you that's a twenty you know, something degree. You know, jump you're doing there, but they, they love it. The females will be out basking, and um, as soon as the night time comes in, they're they're back in their cold, you know, hide. It's not like they're uh-huh. sticking around. They're they're all back to the other cold side. So it's, I mean, they're telling me that's what they want. So that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna keep giving to them. Mm-hmm. So once 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 you're in cool down and everything is going along, and um, so. No, you're not feeding at all during this time. It's just nope, not at all. Nope. Oh, okay. So, yeah. which leads to Owen's biggest fear. <laughs> Have you yeah. ever had any incidents <laughs> where you're putting a snake eating snake <laughs> in with another in with snake? another snake eating snake. <laughs> right, right. No, um, I, I've heard the same thing as well. I, I've never, I've never seen anything. Uh, no, that's gonna but were lead me to think you... that that's gonna happen. But were you absolutely like terrified when you first put <laughs> the like, Tell me, there was one part of your body that was like, "Don't do it." Saying like, <laughs> like, like, something that could happen. Like you're, oh, yeah, you're walking right. him over there, and you're like, "Me, I, I don't. Maybe I shouldn't." Like, tell me, there right, was one part true. of you that was a little hesitant. Oh, that's probably why I got the little LED on a stick out, you know, kind of checking on him and everything. But uh, the. Uh, <laughs> The you know the male he's a little bit smaller than the female so I mean uh, he oh, might God. actually you know fit right in there you know but uh, I, I've never seen anything like that too. right oh, I know I mean, yeah <laughs> but uh, um, yeah when when that female you know I, I'll put the male in the female's cage and he'll start hunting around and it almost seems seems like she's telling him you know yeah get away, you know, or something like that, you know, because he's, uh, he's just ready to go. She'll be in the hide all curled up, and it, it just seems like he beelines right to the hide. And, um, well, <laughs> and sometimes you see him outside the hide as well, so I guess he, uh, you know, kicked him out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So are you, uh, you know, during this time, is it, are you seeing lockups, like how often, um, you know, Yep. Um, we actually, I mean, I don't know if, uh, I mean, I don't have an ultrasound or anything, you know, so I can't tell how the, mm-hmm. you know, the females are developing. Um, but uh, uh-huh. I, I actually saw a first lock this week. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I, maybe wow. it's just kind of a introductions, you know, and things of that nature, you know, uh, the male presence kind of helping the female, you know, develop towards that, uh, you know, the, the ovulation time, but um, yeah. We, we have our first lock, so. 
So there you go, Eric. You can get westerns from you know Dave when these ones are just <laughs> the ones that were locked up, the ones that were being produced while yes. we had him on the show. Oh my God! I, I'm coming to Tinley <laughs> prepared. <laughs> Holy I'm coming, crap! I'm coming to Tinley uh-huh. prepared next year. <laughs> right, nice. But as With long as tra- Josh isn't there, maybe give a you know a shot at him. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, so I'm curious. Do you, do you leave the pairs together for the cool down, or you? T- I mean, I know you're say you're breeding two females. What's the rotation like? Um, or have you abandoned that and now you're just sticking with this pair? This is the pair for the season, and I'm I'm gonna stick with it. Right. No. Uh, um. So I do. You know, four days on, uh, two days off, and then I rotate. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just. Don't know rhyme or reason, really. I just thought it was a, you know, okay, that's a good amount of time. If there's no action there, uh, no interest, it's going to be clear that um, they don't want each other in the cage, you know. Um, if you start seeing the interactions and the kind of the pre-mating, you know, rituals going on, okay, well, we'll definitely uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But um, so we've, uh, uh, yep, four days on, two days off, let him get some water, let him get some rest, and then rotate him to the other the other female so and if okay you know, hope to hope to get a couple more you know um you know maybe another male and another female and um maybe kind of rotate them that way and uh I- i'm dying to see what this other female can uh can produce because she's she's a little bit more banded than the other female and mm-hmm. uh, I-, I really like that um almost that 50 50 you know like zebra you know uh you know patterning Gosh. Um, yeah. So, and that's 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 definitely what she has, and you know the male is just so high contrast. So my my imagination's running. You know what 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 could <laughs> they look like? You know what? <laughs> right. Well, that's cool. So, all right. So, I mean, how long are you keeping them uh, going through that that's that cycle where you're rotating? I mean, is there a point where you say, okay, he's done the job. I'm pulling him out and end the he's story. Done, or we're good, yeah. Right. Um, I did that until I uh, I saw ovulation. You know, maybe it's just mm-hmm. over overkill. Um, mm-hmm. or, uh, I I just that's that's how I did it last year. I said, you know what? If if that first year, if if he wasn't ready, or if I maybe if the temps weren't ready, or I, I just tried to um, give give them every opportunity to you know be, so the eggs would be fertile. You know, and so that was he was breeding her till. Uh, you know, ironically, you know, probably around Valentine's Day or so. so. Okay. Okay. So that's when you'll start raising the temperatures. Um, I guess that yeah, that probably would does work about right. So uh, okay, you know, three months or so of the cold and just start warming it back up at that same rate. You know, uh, kind of increase the the on time of the heat. You know, every half an hour or so every week or so until you work it back up. It's, I don't do like a drastic, you know, and all of a sudden now you have, you know, 12 hours of heat. It's kind of another slowly gradual uh, warming them back up. Right. And, Any observations? And I was just going to say about the, the ovulation, um, that there's no doubt when these uh, animals ovulate, it's, it's, it's crazy to see. I mean, they look like they almost swallowed a, I mean, literally, you know, cliche, you know, there's all the football, you know, but it's, it's like, what in the world is going on with my blackhead? It's, it's going to explode. <laughs> yeah. The, the ovulation is now, so yeah. obvious. 
Yeah, and it's Jeez. it lasts. I, I I was reading no, it lasts a day or two. I mean, mine lasted three days, and I thought, holy cow, this this has to be. And they're doing the whole inverted, you know, laying and um, yeah, you know, belly twisted every which way, and you know, they're contorting and. Mm-hmm positions you can't imagine are comfortable, you know, for her. And um, the, it's so obvious when they're ovulating. And I, I even sent a, uh, you know, my buddy Andrew, I sent him some pictures. I said, hey, what do, you, do you think this is ovulation? You know, kind of wink, wink, you know, kind of thing. And it is, you know, scales are spread and it's like, what in the world is going on there? And it's uh, very easy to see. So you cannot miss an ovulation with these guys. <laughs> well, that that that's good to know. Um, I, I, so, I mean, I would still be like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess something's happening. Moving on. <laughs> right. So, okay. So now the female's ovulated. Um, where, where do you put the temps? The temps are just back to normal with your hot spots and time frames, and, you know, yep, uh, yep. You, and now, go ahead. And I was going to say, and, uh, you know, after the ovulation, you know, then, uh, going to the shed and, you know, 30 days after the shed, kind of like a standard, uh, standard routine. Mm-hmm. It was almost like clockwork, you know, then, the, then there was eggs. It was like, Oh wow. That's actually 30 days. You know, it worked out. Uh, I kind of have a calendar Jeez. out, you know, I don't know if you guys do the same thing, but yeah, you guys uh-huh. have calendars and kind of, you know, you suspect dates. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I use my Morelli Python radio calendar. Oh, very nice. So. Very nice. Bang! <laughs> Bang. <laughs> and product placement. That's yeah. how we do it. So ah, that's like, very uh, good. Anyway. Another reason to get one right there. <laughs> yeah, so we had to do that. Anyway. But so, like, oh, go ahead. Okay. these freaking eggs. Because, I mean, like, you get the eggs, and we're told that they're freaking huge, right? They are freaking, uh, they are freaking huge. I mean, they're, I mean, they were two to three times the size of a, you know, um, I only have Aryans, you know, so that's what I can compare it to with, with carpet python eggs, but yeah, they're two to three times that. So size. only Eric enormous. knows what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that, is that big, Eric? I don't know. So, yes. Um, that is a big okay. egg. So I'm curious, um, what's the size clutch? Yeah. Um, yeah, for, from what I've read, uh, you know, six to 10 or so, maybe, maybe other people have had, you know, bigger clutches. Uh, um, my clutch was six, you know, uh, um, six eggs hatched and six eggs, eggs, uh, you know, were laid. So that was pretty, uh, I thought that was a pretty good, uh, improvement, you know, from my, uh, my previous year, you know, I thought, well, if one, be one or two eggs hatch, hatch, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. If one or two hatch or one or two make it, then, you know, okay, maybe we're on to something, but, um, you know, that, that cold temperature drop in the winter, uh, or, or again, maybe just the male just needed that extra, extra year to develop. Um, but I think that's a, that's a key right there. So before we get into, uh, egg care and all, but, um, I'm curious as far as the nest box, did you have a nest box set up? Did the female use it? Um, yep. Um, and again, I kind of, uh, was introducing them to the the, the nest box uh, kind of burrow. You know, uh, I keep it full of you know the sphagnum moss, um, just kind of year round. Um, just kind of another thing in their enclosure that they can kind of crawl into, and um, just an inverted plastic tub. You know, that I cut some holes in the sides. They can kind of crawl in and out, and 
Um, not nothing like a. I mean, it's probably half the height of the enclosure. Kind of looking at it right now, and um, just something else that they kind of have in their cage to 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 make a you know another a burrow, I guess you'd call it. Um, so the females definitely used it. Um, the female did not lay the eggs in the in the the nest box. I thought that she would. You know, she they kind of uh, <laughs> they almost kind of move them around. You know. Right. And uh, yeah, they always seem like to be a little bit on the they push them towards the warmer side, you know, and um maybe that's just where they end up, you know, but um then mm-hmm. they kinda have the warm hide that's almost right underneath the heat, they can crawl on top of it, you know, and they don't have this other box in there as well, kind of the I don't know what you want to call it, the moth box, you know, if you will, but something else kinda for them to crawl through. Right. Okay. Cool. Now I was gonna. Oh shit! Now I lost my. <laughs> I just lost the question. It's gone. Damn it! Um, eggs, eggs, eggs. What was I gonna say about eggs? They're round. Uh, oh, whitish. Yeah, and, and big. Uh, I don't no. know them. Yeah, they're freaking huge. <laughs> we do that. Um, we established this. Yes. No. Uh, female. How's the female taking the eggs from the female? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Um, very very carefully, you know. Uh, oh, that much fun. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, definitely. I mean, they're they're aware that you're in their cage, you know, and everything. And I thought, oh boy, this is. You know, you kind of take a deep breath and just kind of, you know, kind of get the snake hook and start inter- you know, and coiling their tail and, um, yeah, you know, one by one, slowly taking the eggs out and, um, yeah. It, no one. Uh, we did not need bandages or anything that day, you know. But it was. It was definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, <laughs> on 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 your toes. Cool. Jeez, that's awesome. So when it comes to eggs, after we've now gotten them away from mom, uh, mm-hmm. how do we set them up in the incubator? Sure. Um, and again. Uh, um, just trying to do a lot of research and any, any kind of anybody, anytime anyone was talking about the eggs, I was always hearing these eggs are, they're very, very hard to hatch, you know, and um, condensation is the killer with the eggs. I mean, they've got to be dry. Um, but yet again, you've got to have your high humidity as well. So um, mm-hmm. beforehand, um, I, I did a couple mock up of egg boxes in the incubator, you know, um, I thought, well, she's, she looks like she's ovulating. Now let's get the incubator. It wasn't eggs on the ground. Better turn the incubator on. Let's hope it warms up, you know, because I got to get the eggs in a an incubator that's warming up. I mean, it was, you know, prep and kind of trying trial and error. Um, this, you know, substrate didn't quite work right. Uh, this box is, you know, getting a lot of, uh, you know, moisture on the inside. It was, uh, you know, almost pre-incubator prep, you know, and um, it's nothing I'd really had done before. Um, I would just kind of uh, – put the other eggs up eggs are eggs are here you know and then i would just kind of get the incubator would be warm but i never really did the experiments with the uh let's try different substrates let's try different egg boxes let's try um you know pans of water in the incubator to get that um, humidity up it was there's a lot of prep beforehand so uh, yeah. uh what i finally uh, uh ended up with was uh those uh the sims tubs if you guys have used those before the um, yes. The substrate less tubs, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I uh, um, picked a couple of those up from uh, from Tinley a uh, year prior. Um, 
again, kind of preparing for the, for the eggs. And um, I did a mix of, um, you know, perlite and water, um, not just water. Um, afraid if I was moving the boxes, you know, the water would splash. And that's the last thing I wanted to do to, to cause something like that. You know, after all the point, you get the eggs. So uh, just kind of played around. And it's probably a 50-50 mix by volume, you know. Yeah. Pour the perlite in and just fill mm-hmm. it until the water was just kind of uh, filling in the gaps, right? Um, mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah, uh, drilled a couple holes on both sides of the, the tubs. Um, incubator that I have, uh, it's got a good-sized fan in it, so it's moving a good amount of air as well. Um, so it's kind of picking up those open panes of water, all that humidity in there. And um, I, I have it in my notes here, but, I mean, it, it's probably, maybe it's just a little far off, but probably 60% humidity or so, you know, in the incubator. Okay. And then, of course, in the egg box, it's probably, you know, you want it to be the same um, or you're going to get all that condensation. It seems like once you can duplicate what's in the egg box versus the surrounding time or the surrounding environment, then you decrease on all that condensation forming, you know? So if, if your box is producing a lot of condensation, it's too big of a difference between the two environments. So you almost have to, you know, be, be weary of the environment of the actual incubator versus what's in your egg box as well. So. Gotcha. Okay. So complications, like, is there anything that you've come up with that could be kind of some a big pitfall for these guys? In eggs, yeah, um, you know that the condensation as well, and that uh, um, there was actually a, you know, kind of to to come back to, you know, learning something as well. Um, the other female that I had, she also laid eggs this last year. Um, she mm-hmm. laid three eggs, and the eggs looked just fine, perfect vein structure and everything. Um, egg boxes were set up. Uh, I thought exactly the same. Um, that egg box maybe developed a little bit of uh, extra humidity on the inside. Um, and those three eggs, those eggs died from that clutch as well. So mm. it's, it's the condensation. Okay. So um, I think I've got my uh, my boxes, uh, you know, with the right size holes, you know, and uh, it was... Uh, it's hard to get the humid but dry thing going on. So. Right, right, right. And uh, I I wanted to kind of experiment maybe with uh, um, a clutch of python eggs, uh, carpet python eggs, or maybe a clutch of the royals, but with those water crystals. Have you guys ever heard of anybody using mm-hmm. that as a substrate yeah, yeah. in an egg box? I, I'm yep. curious to see how that would work as well. So um, haven't tried that yet, but that's just kind of a thought. It would be kind of neat to do because you can kind of get that that water without water, you know. Have you ever tried yeah. the buddy? Oh, go ahead, Owen. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I've heard some good things about that. I've never tried it, though. So Yeah. I was going to say, have you ever tried the Buddy Buscemi um, uh, trick where, I think it was Buddy that told us this, where you take the egg box and you put, like, maybe a pencil underneath of it uh, so mm. it kind of tilts it up a little bit so if there is oh, condensation yeah, yeah, yeah. it will roll down you know what i mean yeah no yeah that that's a great idea yep because anytime yeah, i would I see the condensation uh, you know form and then i would kind of you know reevaluate is it too much water in there is the is the are the pans of water not full enough you know just need a slightly bigger hole in the box you know but but yeah that makes total sense I, i've never tried that that seems like a great idea yeah 
just kind of give it a little little tilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think he did that with his uh, green tree python eggs, where it all just like as the water mass, it just kind of slid down to one end where the eggs weren't. So. Yeah. 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 Cool. I wonder so how many days. Ah, go ahead, Eric. I was going to say, I wonder if maternal incubation that you would have that humidity issue. No um, one cares about right? maternal incubation. Moving on. So, <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody uh, tried you, that in the black yeah, yelled world? And would would you ever try yeah. it, David? Or is that one of those things? Wow. Where it's like, yeah. Maternal no, incubation my is like a yeah, right. That, that's a. That's a that's a whole other challenge. I, I'm not ready to try to conquer yet. You know, maybe, maybe someday. You know, but um, I, I really like the incubator. <laughs> the incubator. <laughs> the incubator is my friend. Yeah, I got you. Right, right. Don't don't worry. <laughs> not everything needs yeah. to be eternally incubated, Eric. Jesus Christ, they're blackheads. Yeah, I know. I'm just I like, you know my my thought you? would be that if it's Difficult with the, you know, I mean, I've seen with carpets where they kind of keep the humidity up themselves. I would just be curious if blackheads would do the same and how those eggs would fare. Yeah, I, I would love to hear the, about that. If, exactly. Yeah, when Eric does it. Someone out there yeah, does so. that, that. That would be that would be a great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear all the techniques on that. That would be great to hear about. So when Eric breeds his western blackhead that he gets from you, Dave, he can <laughs> do maternal incubation, and we can all hear about it. So anyway, uh, how many days are we in the box before we see pips? Right, um, sixty-five long days. It, um, oh, right. I was thinking fifty-five or sixty or so, and um, but um, mine were sixty-five days. So every single day after day 55, you know, checking three or four times a day for any signs of a, you know, yeah, a cut egg or anything, and, and or something. And uh, you right. know, using a using a light, and you kind of can, you know, you can tell that they're they're growing in there, and everything's okay. Um, you know, they've they've made it this far, and um, the condensation seems to be just fine. And and then of course I'd go back and replay, you know, the the podcast if anybody's talking about blackheads, and then of course you hear the. Mm-hmm. You know, the stories of, uh, yep, they're full-term babies that died in the egg, you know. So it's, oh, my it's still God. Not, it's still not out of part. the clear. Right, I know. It's true. Uh, that would be. But, yeah. All right. So. And, and that was that was at 88, you know, 88 and a half degrees. Um, so not super not super hot, not super on the no cool side, but um, that was 65 days at you know, 88 and a half degrees in the box. I mean that's another another uh you know lesson out there of anybody who hasn't been monitoring their you know, actual egg box temperatures you know that that's important right there that's 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 your secondary uh temperature you need to know what's going on obviously get your incubator set but you need to know what's going on inside the box so okay so now that we have them pipping how long do they stay in the egg because I sure. heard that it kind of takes them a while to, now once they've emerged, it kind of takes them a while to come out. Yep, I mean mine were mine were out in a couple of days. I, I, okay. It wasn't any type of a um, a longer wait. They kind of pipped and uh, you know 
maybe the second day uh, one were, one came out, and after that they're all all emerged right there. And, and the these are exodus. big eggs. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Big eggs, big babies. I mean, they're. Jesus. I didn't weigh them, and I'm normally so OCD about keeping records of everything. Um, I, I wish I would have weighed them just to kind of have a point of reference to the, you know, to the IJs or you know, um, what's the weight difference. But these these guys are these are big babies when they come out. Well, you could put the baby IJ next to the baby blackhead on the scale, <laughs> but when you turn around and come back, there could just be the baby blackhead. I mean, yeah, you need to reweigh the blackhead, right? Yeah, you see. Oh, somehow he's gotten both weights now. Weird. But um, so now are the babies hard to get going? Because we've heard various rumors of that, like it's hatched, it's shed, shove a mouse down its throat. I mean, right. Were they right. difficult? And, um, so of the, the, the six, um, they're, they're big babies. Um, I took it slow with them. Um, just what I was trying, you know, obviously other, there's other experts out there that, you know, they probably, they may have assist fed, you know, sooner. Um, but it was probably three weeks or so um, after they, you know, shed that I even attempted feeding. Um, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're good sized babies. I didn't see any, um, any need for them to eat right away. Maybe that would have, you know, turned them on sooner. Um, but uh, so after, after week three, going into week four, you know, I offered them, you know, a frozen hopper mouse, you know, and three of them ate the first time I, I put a mouse near them, you know, so, wow. so half, of the, half of the clutch ate that way. And, um, you know, maybe I'm lucky, you know, uh, I'm sure happy that I'm, that I'm lucky if that's the case, uh, but three of them are no problem. They, they kind of smelled it a little bit and, um, you know, just gently kind of took it. It wasn't anything of a, you know, big S strike and, you know, they're coming at it and, you know, taking it from my hands they just they took it right off the tongs so then from then on i thought well the the adults they hunt them out um i'll put one over here in their side of the cage one on the other side of the cage so that's exactly what i started doing with them um they're in their hide box kind of you know put it at you know late at night um put on the other side of the cage and check on them an hour or so later and and the mouse is gone so three of them were no problem um the other three, they didn't know what a mouse was. I mean, they just kind of looked at you like, what in the world are you trying to, you know, put in our cage? What are you trying to offer us? You mm-hmm. know, so those three were a little a little tricky there. Um, so. so how okay, did you get them going? So, yeah, with the sure. tricky ones, how did you get them rolling? Sure. So um, I got them started on uh, rat tails. Um, I, I've got a, you know, a retic here, so I – Again, I'm not trying to grow the biggest retic in the world, you know, so I, I feed him good-sized rats. Um, and he's probably a year old, you know, so he's not a, you know, a malnourished, you know, monster or anything like that. Um, um, so, he, But he eats, you know, large rats. So I was just chopping the tails off the large rats, um, kind of a tip I heard about. <coughs> Excuse me there. Um, take the tails off the rats. Um, I'm sure he was wondering what the heck, where would my tail go off my rat? You know, why does my rat look so funny or off at me? But um, I would, uh, frozen rats, of course, you know, um, and I would just assist feed the, the rat tail to the blackhead, um, kind of big end first, um, you know, with the idea that the hairs make it uncomfortable for them to regurgitate, um, slowly just kind of put the rat tail in, um, put the blackhead back in its cage. And then I'd also put another, uh, food item, you know, that frozen hopper mouse in the cage as well. Um, 
So I did that for probably a month or so. Um, after a month of feeding them, you know, once a week of these rat tails, and um, one by one they would start eating the, the hopper mouse along with the rat tail. Um, after they ate, you know, the rat tail and the mouse, um, then I went to no rat tail, try the next week, no rat tail, and then if they ate the one mouse, then I'd give them another, you know, hopper mouse. Um, if they didn't eat it, then they'd get a rat tail the next day. Um, and week by week, um, one came off the tails, you know, we were just eating the mice, then the week, you know, it repeated, um, eating the frozen mice, so then I, I stopped doing the rat tails with, with that that baby. Um, beat the so, process, and, you know, within a month, they were all um, on on mice. So pretty much little to no force feeding and lots of rat tails. Yep, yep. I mean, it it wasn't, I was envisioning nightmares of, you know, getting yeah bitten and, you know, they're musking you and they're crawling all over the place and they want nothing to do with what you're trying to do and, it, it it really wasn't uh, um, that bad. Now, granted, I had six. I didn't hatch thirty, you know. So it, that could that could have been a whole other <laughs> scenario. If I had three eating and you're feeding, you know, twenty some babies that way, you know, that then mm-hmm. of course you're looking at a nightmare scenario. But um, I totally would be regretting at that point. But um, with the clutch that I had, it it they all seemed to kind of progress through that once they kind of got that. Um, that taste and they kind of knew uh, that this funny thing you put in our cage is food. It was a piece of cake, piece of cake to feed from that point on. Nice. Well, you've, you made me less worried about that, but sure. not enough to get any. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so we already established that they're big babies and you already said that you're already feeding mice right off the bat and, you know, uh, all that other stuff, I mean, uh, how quickly did they grow once you kind of got them rolling? Were they, like, on mice and then, boom, now we almost are, almost immediately have to start upping the size due to how fast they're growing, or were they kind of slow uh, grow? Yeah, I, I would I would think, uh, you know, again, I'm not trying to, you know, get in the three foot or something, you know, four foot in a year, so it's just on that same slow mm-hmm. grow pace. So they, uh, just kind of a, a point of reference, so they uh, – they hatched around June. They mm-hmm. have kind of their out of the egg shed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, since June, um, they've shed twice. The babies have shed twice. So you're looking at you know every six to eight weeks or so on a shed cycle. So if um, again I keep records of everything, it seems like everything else sheds a bit quicker than that. Um, but again, just feeding once a week, you know, to uh, to hopper sized mouse. And mice and yeah, that's that's the way they were growing for me. I'm sure they could have ate more. They would have loved to eat more, um, but well, they would have they would have kept eating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, what are your plans uh, for your uh, black-headed python projects, or what do you hope to add, or um, I don't know what's what's your future. Sure. Um, the, of course, acquiring some Easterns, I think that that would be a, a no-brainer there just to, to see the difference. I mean, I, I've read about the differences of them, you know, and there's some of those, those coloring, you know, 
you don't want to call them morphs, you know, but the different types of, you know, the lines, I guess, is maybe a more appropriate term, or the Easterns. I mean, that's, that seems like a no-brainer right there to um, to work with those as well. That would be really neat to see in parallel the, the difference. And, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, I'm sure you guys have seen, like, the, the albino, you know, blackheads and um, right. not quite uh, – <laughs> I like my natural looks, you know, just my preference, you know, the morphs are neat and everything. Uh, I honestly, I like the, the natural looks of, you know, whether it's a, a carver python or, not, you know, uh, um, whatever else, you know, uh, the natural, the variance, uh, I just think is beautiful. Right. You know? Well, the albino blackhead does defeat the purpose of a blackhead. It's got a <laughs> white head. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like, uh-oh. Well, mm, well, mm. Yeah. Maybe I might be wrong in this, but is wasn't there um there's issues with the uh, albino blackhead. Um I don't think that they've yeah. ever, well, I don't think that they've ever really gotten a clutch out of them. I, I, I want to say that there were I, I want to say that there were problems with the breeding of the one pair. But I don't want to say that there were heads floating around out there, but I don't know. Yeah, but I think you know every should... time they breed the heads together, they they have issues with the yes. all right babies. Um, hmm. you know, we should ask about this, and who would have the answers for us? Because he has the answers to everything. Um, we should call Nick about this one later. Yeah, so I think he mentioned um, it once or twice. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd I'd love to hear what he had said too, because I. Yeah, you know, obviously, just trying to learn every uh, every time you can. You know, that's that's what this hobby's about. Absolutely. So, with you being so into the westerns, do you ever see yourself getting into the exanics? Mm. Uh, yeah, they they really are. Uh, you know, they really are nice looking animals. Um, the uh, maybe maybe someday. You know, I, I I was hoping you know ten years ago to to have a blackhead. You know. Um, <laughs> okay. Right, baby steps, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Can't, yeah. can't throw it all yeah. Now with, now with Nick. Now, if you were to going to do some more projects, uh, well, didn't Nick bring in some ghost blackheads or something like that, Eric? This year, he brought in Xanax. Xanax, wow. okay. So, would you kind of peter into? Uh, like, which one would you be most interested in right off the bat? Like, Calico, Exanic, is there one that sticks out in your mind? I, I, I would have to go with the Exanic. You know, if I guess if you're a fan of the the high contrast, you know, like I am, and that's just it's just kind of you know, exaggerate no that. Right? Got it. Yep. Very cool. Now, um, I don't know if – is – are the westerns and the easterns like breeding them together? Is that a no-no? That's, I mean, that's that's my assumption. Um, okay, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something that I, I wouldn't do personally. You know, um, not that uh, you know I have fifty pairs or you know anything of, the, of that nature. You know, but. I, when I do get Easterns, you know, the, the Easterns will just stay with the Easterns and just trying to work with those projects. Okay. Now here, here would be my other question. If all of a sudden a, uh, Australia opened its, um, you know, 
export license and were able to send stuff. Is there anything that the K brothers have that maybe you would, you know, when you see in their videos, anything that you're like, holy shit, I need that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything from them. If, you know, if you guys are out there, you know, (laughs) I'll take the the last one of the litter, you know, I'll take the brunch. I'll take anything you guys are producing. Some of that stuff is just unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. they do have amazing stuff. And they're huge. Oh, my gosh, those right. animals are huge. Right, right. So, and uh, and I'm pretty sure there was a, they had a, an egg-setting up issue, uh, not issue, but an episode in, you know, they're they're putting those eggs right in vermiculated, it looked like, and I thought, oh, my, what am I, what in the heck am I thinking, you know, if I got to have them uh, <laughs> suspended in air, and these guys are, you know, they're on a whole other level, that's for sure. Yeah, I wonder if it has to do with their environment. Like maybe the way that, you know, the humidity is just in – I don't know because I remember Derek talking about that, and he was saying that um, his, you know, friends of his that he was communicating with in Australia, um, yeah, they had no issues hatching walma or blackhead uh, eggs. Um, Right. just seems to happen here, so I don't know. Well, we Maybe are the, on the other side of the planet, you know. Maybe the something, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to do with it, uh, yeah, the yeah, water runs backwards or whatever. There, you yep. know, so. Yeah, that's it. They need it's a gravitational pull. Wait, what does this mean for the moon cycles? Quick to the chart. Anyway, um, <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> yeah, well, what do you want? Uh, you knew what was coming. So uh, I know Owen is going to love this topic, but tell us uh, a little bit of tell us about your IJs. What do you got going sure. on, and what what do you hope to to get in the future with them? Sure. Um, and again, it was that uh, Indianapolis uh, you know, reptile show. I saw my, saw my first pair of IJs there too, and um, been a fan of those ever since. And they're they're my favorite carpet python. Um, I guess I'm kind of into the Earth tones, you know, we're kind of drab, uh, drab colorations yep. of, uh, you know, pythons. Here, but yeah. Maybe in some eyes, but I, I, they're my favorite. So, uh, you know, sorry, Owen. Uh, I, yeah, I <laughs> go, <laughs> go after the no. IJs before, you know, but, uh, you know, we, we've got a um, uh, group of, uh, you know, seven IJs right now and um, nice. working with uh, um, some head granite stuff. I don't have any, you know, visual granites. Um, so maybe, mm-hmm. maybe in a couple of years we'll produce a granite and kind of a girl going against my grain of, you know, naturalistic patterns, you know, but um, I thought, uh, let's try some hats, you know, kind of a baby steps to that, in that aspect as well. So, uh, okay. You know, cool. then of course, yeah, the first IJs I got of, of course, got from you, Eric, and uh, uh, kind of uh, got me hooked in that aspect. Yeah, that was, um, now, I know this this past this season that just passed, you bred that animal that you picked up from me, and then bred it to the one you picked up from Luke. But the season Correct. before, was that the same pairing? Because I remember, yep, I remember in oh, it was. Yeah, it was exactly. Yep. Uh-oh. Uh oh, Eric is having seller's remorse right now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's watch. <laughs> no, no, I, I no? just re- I re- 
No, I remember going to the to that show, and I remember you had uh, you didn't have a table, but I know you had animals there, and I I don't know whose table you had them on, but I remember looking at those eye chains, and I remember saying, you know, man, they're a killer, and I think Julie bought them all, and yeah, exactly, exactly. I was like, son of a bitch, <laughs> you produced uh, your mother, damn it. Yeah, it's like you know that happens all the time to me. Yeah, yeah, I put a I put a couple of pictures up, and I got a message from Julie, and she said, you know, bring them to Tinley, you know. So I thought it's, it's they're great, you know. And so we had a uh, that was at the show that and, was last Tinley. Yeah, Julie yeah. buys everything out from underneath Eric, like right before he gets there. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah, yeah, true story. Oh, that's cool, and man. So that's, at, this, uh... at this last Tinley, then uh, um, you know, from the second pairing, um, uh-huh. I, I thought it was pretty. Uh, Pretty neat experience, but um, sold three of those IJs from this uh, last clutch to uh, you know keepers who'd never had a, a carpet python before. You know, so that nice. was uh, it's kind of a, a neat experience, you know, to kind of uh, introduce them into uh, you know, of course IJs as well, right? Uh, but uh, but but into carpet <laughs> pythons as well. They, I mean, they literally never owned a you know a snake before, kind of looking into carpet pythons instead of ball pythons. So it was, it was really really neat to hear that kind of. Uh, you know, attitude, you know, from, from keepers out there. So what do you think drew them to like, when you're interacting with that new customer that's never had it, like what caught their eye? Did did you find out? Like, why did they sure. stop? I mean, they, right. They, they were kind of referencing, you know, Oh, well, you know, uh, we've seen green tree pythons. So we want something arboreal. Or we want something that's gonna you know, move around the cage or we want something that's, <clears throat> you know, excuse me, not, not going to get, you know, too terribly big, you know. And, uh, right. Mm-hmm. You know, carpet pythons are perfect for that. Yes, I would agree. Um, but we we kind of are, feel that way. I mean, <laughs> at this uh, point. Yeah. And, and then so, and then again, since then, they've already they uh-huh. sent pictures of their enclosures, or they've you know, mm-hmm. um, not not. Uh, I don't want to say, you know, they're not just throwing them in an aquarium and putting a, you know, 100-watt bulb in there and calling it a day. And, you know, they're actually taking the time to build an enclosure and to, you know, have nice foliage in there and to kind of, you know, they understand the hot and cold side. So the the buyers that, uh, you know, these buyers are not, um, I guess, not your standard beginner. You know, they've actually done research. And it was good to hear that, you know, that they have that wow. set up before going into, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the purchase. It was a pretty neat experience. That's awesome. So, what other what other IJ projects do you got floating around? I mean, you said you had quite a few of them. Is there anything else that you have in the works as far as uh, and, and not besides your granite stuff? Yep, um, just a couple other nicer uh, you know pickups here and there, um, and the head mm-hmm. granites as well. So, yep, and then of course uh, um, getting to meet a um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, uh, Eric Kohler at the show too, uh, um, telling me about his IJs and whatnot, and we're definitely going to be looking into purchasing some stuff from him. You know, coming up, um, just to yeah. kind of diversify that collection as well. Are we okay. talking exanic IJs or just normal IJs? Because I know Kohler works with those. Exactly. Yeah, baby steps. You know, uh, we'll, we'll see. If uh, I can, uh, you know, <laughs> they are cool, man. I got to tell you. They are very, very cool, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Um, Maybe. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He's just mad because he can't breed them. <laughs> I mean, oh, come on. You are correct, but oh. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, as far as other projects go, I know that, uh, you know, you um, picked up a pretty cool pair of some short tails at Tinley. Right. You know? Right. I've been, uh, I've been oh, no. I am some short tails for some for quite some time and I thought, you know what? Uh Matt got to you. Why not? They're, Matt's right there, you know what I mean? And Yeah. Uh, um and I just realized you know, on the way home, wow, uh, uh at dinner one night, uh how much blood knowledge was actually surrounded by, you know, at, at a dinner that we had out there at Tinley and um Holy I, shit, I that I was crazy, made myself right? a little bit more I yeah, know, right? I wish it would have been myself a little bit more vocal and uh, just the Crap, experience that was questions. available at that table. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Oh man, we had the the you know we had the trio of uh, you know blood python, short tail python experts. I mean, we had Keith McPeak, Kevin Martyr, and of course Matt. You know, I mean, damn, right? You're right. Well, I, well, I didn't even think there, of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lon? Yeah, sure. I, I forgot. Yeah, Lon was yeah. there, yeah. Holy shit. And then you had oh, well, Rob. I mean, I, yeah. know, I know Rob doesn't that, uh, breed them, but, man, he was Rob pulling out these pictures. encyclopedia. Yeah, so. Yeah. He was pulling out these pictures of these animals that he had um, as far as short tails go, and there was this one that, I, I'm, I swear to you, man, the thing was lavender. It was crazy. Wow. It was really, wow. really nuts. Yeah, and it was like perfectly sure. striped. Oh man, it was crazy. Was that the one I got yelled at for? So yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome. So you know, uh, uh, do you, you got the pair? How do you like them? I mean, is it? You see? Uh, are you selling everything? Expanding? Into, yeah. <laughs> so, are you ditching yeah, blackheads and? Moving into these. <laughs> well, I think the Royals are uh, maybe uh, maybe having a, uh, a bit of a sale on Get the Royals that I have to make room yeah. for some more blood. You know, it's, it's yeah. Some short sales, but yeah, they're 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 so neat. Yeah. So you picked up some um, some of the uh, marble stuff, right? Exactly. Yep. Big fan of the marbles. Every. I mean, I used to scour you know King Snake hours on end. You know, it seemed like every week and. Just kind of seeing the different types and the different, uh, you know, what different people were working with, and gosh, I can't remember the first time I saw the marbles. I thought, holy cow, that that pattern is so unique, and um, yeah, I was really uh, they were sitting right there, and uh, again, uh, my buddy Mr. Paris, you know, he's saying, what in the heck are you waiting for? Get they're right there. They're literally you know. uh, you're, you're such an enabler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <clears throat> yeah. We're not good with each other. I mean, there was numerous things of like I, the first thing out of Eric's mouth upon seeing me arrive in Tinley is, "There's a pair of Timor pythons over there." It's like son of a bitch. Exactly. Yeah, going to a reptile show with your friend who knows what you want is a terrible thing because all you're gonna do is stand there and they're gonna go do it, do, do it. it, just go do it, just do, do it. it, and then you end up doing my- it. So yeah. And my son, when he was at the show, too, he was helping out at the table. And uh, uh-huh. just kind of talking with him, he was saying, hey, what about, do we have any room for some blood pythons or some Borneos? And I thought, you know, we actually do. You know, I, but 
wait, is there mm-hmm. right there? You know, and it's just kind of put two and two together, and then uh, I'm getting the peer pressure, you know, and so it's like, well, we got we got to at least leave with a pair, you know, and I'm so happy. Got to leave with something, yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Cool. So, all right, so you have the Blackheads, you got the IJs, you got the Borneos. What's next? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we also have some some uh, some bread lie as well. Uh, um, Ooh, I think it, okay. It was a year or so ago. I, I picked it up from uh, from Owen as well, a nice little female. So she's she's growing right My along. My God, right? And uh, That's we got a quality gotta... animal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so we're so we're growing those up. I mean, we've got a couple years, uh, you know, uh, of work to do with those guys. But uh, again, just the the coloration and the their temperament, I think they're great as well. So, yeah. I, now, I, I do you love bread lie. Do you approach keeping your bread lie similar to what you do with your blackheads, as far as temperatures and stuff? Um, I'm, I'm keeping them, uh, um, you know, a lot cooler, as well. Okay. Um, they're, uh, yeah, they're, uh, you know, feeding wise. Obviously, I, I'm just growing them slow as well. Um, right. It seems like the the, the way I keep the thing, you know, to keep keep the animals as well, and they're. Uh, I actually just moved the the female up to a little bit larger you know, enclosure. Nice. And I was, you know, kind of, you know, wondering how how she's going to handle that and settling in just fine, you know. Um, they uh, kind of give them a little, you know, branch or something to kind of crawl around in, kind of give them that, uh, that you know, stimulation in the cage to. Yeah, help help enrich in their uh, you know plastic box experience. You know, they've been giving them over. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, mm-hmm. cool. All right, so what's next? Uh... Yeah, that, that, like that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah, right. and I hope my wife. Yeah, I know. Hope my wife isn't listening to this. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we'll add some more to the collection here. But um, yeah, I, I'm definitely on the lookout for. Uh, um, Probably some Sumatrans, I would think. Uh, I've been a fan mm. of those for for quite some time as well, and they kind of kind of have that. Very cool snake. Of the, yeah, yeah. I, I have a pair of them, and uh, they just get blacker and blacker and blacker, and oh man, very cool snakes for sure. Right, right. Not a lot of love I, I see out there for the Sumatrans, though. You know, I mean, it's like really. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like when I, I, there's very, I mean, I guess compared to like uh, what I see for Bloods and Borneos, I don't see as many people, you know, working they're with either black. The top, they're either your cup of tea or not. That's really kind of how it goes with those guys, in my opinion. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. I mean, come on, a jet black snake. Right, and the, you know the orange awesome. head you know, animals or the chrome head animals, and I, oh yeah, great looking animals. Yeah. Well, which one are you a fan of? Are you the chrome head or the or the orange head? Yeah, I I couldn't pick either one. They're they're both really yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I'd be happy with either one of those. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> yes, good answer. Uh, okay. All right. Cool. All right. So, uh, all you Sumatran breeders out there, just start sending email and pictures. Dave yeah, is on the lookout. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> and he, hey, maybe we can, uh, like, you know, if you're looking for blackheads and, you know, he's got blackheads and you've got Easy. some options, hey, <laughs> why? Why? That's not a fair, anyway. I mean, they're cool snakes and all, Although but that's not a fair trade, I mean. <laughs> what do you got to give them, like, a full clutch? <laughs> or a blackhead? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I said cash would be involved too. Come on now, you know how trades work. Okay. Do wait. All do right. you know how trades work? No. Uh. Uh, all right. We'll we'll yeah. cover that later. Anyway, we'll yeah. talk off air. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right, yep. Closing questions. Go for it. Sweet. All right. So, Dave, if you could have any herp in your collection without limitations, be them from law or money or your wife, what would it be and why? I never could, you know, cross the line in, uh, you know, venomous animals. But in that situation, you know, in the dream scenario, you know, um, you know, some mambas, you know, or uh, oh my God. possibly some, some gaboons <laughs> or something along those lines, you know, just, just something uh, – you go to the zoo and just I'll be at the you know, reptile house for hours, you know, just staring at those guys. So um, if I could, you know, without any limitations and obviously uh, the proper, you know, precautions and everything, we're not, we're not taking our uh, mamba to the mall or anything, you know, but um, <laughs> I, I would love to, you know, work with those and see more of those, you know, uh, to kind of interact with those guys. Black or green. Right, um, I like the blacks better. Right. Of course, <laughs> maybe, maybe I've maybe just from zoo experience, you know, whatever. Obviously, uh, um, I have no real life experience with mambas, you know. But uh, cool. uh, in my in my dream world, you know, sure. Imagine imagine a shoelace that is intent on murder, and that's pretty much <laughs> what a mamba baby is. All right, so it's wow, as right. fast as lightning. So that's what a mamba is. Now imagine that shoelace getting bigger. And that's still same mentality. So that's well, that's my experience with Mamba. So wow, they're creepy. But anyway, all right, good choice. <laughs> um, all right, if you could go herping anywhere in the world, where would you go, and what would you be hoping to see? Right, and it's going to be Australia. You know, I I would love to make it to Australia. Um, uh-huh. And what I would see, I. I I, whatever I would happen to run into, I would just be uh, um, just so <laughs> impressed with anything Insert over there. animal like here. The, uh, yeah. yeah. It seems like it has the ability to, to kill you at any moment, you know. So with that uh, yes. that respect given to the animals over in Australia. Um, and, and I actually ran into uh, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was talking to this gentleman. Clearly he had a, you know, a thick Australian accent, you know, and um, he was just visiting. Uh, we live kind of near a college town, you know, so – he was for, you know, some presentation at the university here, and um, I didn't tell him, boy, you know, I'm a big fan of all your, you know, reptiles, you know, anything like that. But, uh, you know, I, I just told him, you know, that I would love to come to, you know, Australia and see the, you know, their the, their countryside or, you know, to explore the wilderness, you know, the beautiful wilderness. And he just kind of looked at me and he said, that, why would you want to come there? You know, it, it was just kind of a different mentality that he had that uh, um, he was uh, not from the uh, – the areas of Australia where they're going to have all the wildlife, you know, so I just thought it was oh. pretty, uh, 
pretty funny, you know. He kind of looked at me like, "You want to go to Australia to go visit the, you know, the, you know, the outback, you know?" And I thought, "Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be great." So, hearing you guys talk about, you know, making it over there and you know trips, yeah, yeah, that's I keep failing totally, to do uh, so, yeah. <laughs> totally would be a dream trip to go to Australia. Yeah, us too. We'll get there. So. But yeah, yeah, that would be. I think that's pretty much. That's a lot of people's response. I think uh, is Australia. So that's awesome. So Dave, if you want to throw out uh, Facebook, website, email, how would people get in touch with you? Um, is there a list for animals that you're kind of cooking up, or they just kind of contact you and see what's up? Yep, yep. I'm I'm on Facebook. You know, uh, you can hit me on the personal you know page. Uh, um, I'm on, you know, nightly. Uh, you can always, uh, I've got the Facebook side, the reptile side, high caliber herbs as well. Um, drop me an email if you like. Uh, my last name, C-I-M-I-N-O, David at Gmail. You know, always uh, always up to talking, you know, herbs and, you know, any questions or surely can help out any of the, uh, um, you know, people kind of getting into it, you know, we can get them set up in the right direction and, um, yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. We didn't ask this. We didn't ask this question, but um, what do you? Uh, this will be perfect for closing. But what are you shooting for this season? Like, what's your? Yeah. What's your pairings and stuff? Sure. Um, well, the um, uh, so on the the topic of the 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 show here, that other female, um, in my opinion, she's better looking than the the female that laid the eggs um, this last year. So uh, if I'm glad I waited out of her. <laughs> No, it would be, it'd be great to see what that, you know, what that pairing can produce, you know, and, uh, um, you know, again, you kind of look at the animals and your imagination kind of runs wild, you know, well, this one has these traits, this has these traits, surely they're going to combine perfectly and they're going to produce these, you know, awesome babies. <laughs> and right. uh, uh, that's, uh, that's probably the, you know, the, the highlight pairing of, over here. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do another IJ pairing, you know, this year, she's, she bred two years in a row, so. Um, right. She's uh, maybe give her the year off this year. Um, okay. Then uh, yeah, I, I've got some you know some royal stuff that I kind of you know play around with, and I, I've got two younger kids, and they they think they're so neat, all the different colors and things like that. So sure, um, I let them you know cut eggs or you know pick pairings, and um, you know we'll, we'll kind oh, of uh, yeah, really get a they really get a kick out. We kind of get them involved, and um, you know I've got a seven year old and. Um, she helped me, uh, it was, uh, you know, the, the ball python clutch. She, uh, um, one of the, the babies was pipping and I said, well, here, you know, here's a you know, pair of scissors and obviously supervised, you know, I'm not letting her just stab the eggs or anything mm-hmm. like that, you know, and she, uh, <laughs> she helps me out clean cages and, you know, she's very careful, um, you know, so, uh, she, you know, very carefully, you know, cut a flap in the egg and, uh, you know, that was, that's her baby, you know, from, from that nice. point of the. Yeah, the, the kids really get a kick out of uh, you know helping out and seeing the reptiles grow. And um, my uh, I've got a, a my son is a junior in high school, so they have mm-hmm. a you know a, a ball python in the classroom. And he said the teacher like stands back, you know, has the class stand back, you know, and <laughs> get the snake out of the cage. And he really? uh, my son yeah. says he has this like five foot snake hook, you know, and he's so timid with it, and he tells the whole class that you know yeah. When you gotta feed him, you gotta move him to a feeding bin, you know, and 
you know, half the class is just, you know, like they're, they're freaking out, you know, thinking this terrible monster is out to get him. And my son's just sitting there with, you know, rolling his eyes, like, what in the world, you know, is this guy doing? And, <laughs> Like yeah, I would yeah, have this done by by now. We'd be we'd be over. <laughs> we'd be closed up. We'd get leave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're nice. they're talking about hats, you know, and genetics in class, and half the class, you know, wasn't understanding what the teacher was saying. So uh, he's like, mm-hmm. he, what? So just being around them, you know, that the the kids really do learn and they really do pick up, you know, a lot of the information and um, you know, better than their science class, you know, that what they're getting at the school. So. Really, really, really happy to see him kind of help out and take the, you know, the appreciation of the animals and, um, and again, uh, we were at a, a quick little story here too. I was cracking up. Uh, it was a couple of years ago at Tinley, uh, and my, so my daughter was six at this time, and I take him to the mm-hmm. reptile shows. You know, uh, even when they were little guys, you know, I, I tell my wife, hey, we got to go to the reptile show, and she'd say, well, you know, you got to take the baby, you know, so we'd load up the baby in the stroller and we'd go to the reptile shows and. So, so fast forward six years at a Tinley show, uh, there's someone, uh, um, you know, eyeing a, a snake, and they're like, wow, that's sure a nice-looking green tree python, you know, and the six-year-old just looks at him and says, that's not a green tree, you know, that's an emerald, you know, and uh, the guy behind the table just kind of says, yep, she's correct, that is not a green tree python. So I was, I was kind of cracking up. I got a proud moment, you know, in my uh, <laughs> um, growing up the kids, you know, around the reptiles. So. Right. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll say thanks for coming on, Dave. And, uh, yeah. you know, heck, we hope to see you at Tinley Park again next year. Uh, you know, sad that it's a year away. Maybe you come to Carpet Fest. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We have some plans <laughs> to make it out to, to Carpet Fest. We'll see you guys. Yeah, it'd be great. Thanks for having me on, though. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, look forward to seeing uh, you produce some of those uh, – Perfectly banded, high contrast blackheads this season, man. Best of luck. That's right. That's right. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, yep. guys. Yeah, yep. no problem. You have a good one. Cool. Um, blackheads. <laughs> yeah, I dig blackheads, man. They're cool snakes for sure. Um, you know, and it's it's good to see somebody, like, really focused on selective breeding. I'm telling you, man, when, when I went to Tinley – and saw what he had on the table. I was blown away. I was like, I, we have to talk to this guy, man. Um, just amazing animals. Uh, and uh, it's always good to get uh, perspective on those animals that uh, people don't really keep a lot, you know? So, like I said, awesome. um, they freak me out too much. So I'm going to wait until I'll wait till you get them and uh-huh. produce. And then, you know, then maybe we'll right. talk. Button. Okay. Because yeah. then this way, if you're successful breeding them, I'll just ship them to you once they're old enough. So. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. See, I, I do okay. have I do, I do have a funny story that I forgot to tell you that you'll get a kick out of. Um, uh, I get a kick out of a lot of things. Go for it. Okay, so uh, I'm going through my uh, you know I come home from work. Uh, I worked a half a day today. I get I get home from work. I'm I'm have to go buy a lawnmower, so I I, I get changed real quick. <laughs> and All right. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, which sucks. But uh, I go, go on. and I go, and in my room I have my rogue reptile T-shirt. Um, Yay! <laughs> uh, 
so I throw it on and I come out and my wife's like, wow, that's a really nice shirt. Goddamn right. <laughs> and, and then she feels it and she's like, ooh, it's silky. She's like, ah, why don't yeah. why don't you have shirts like this? Yeah. And I was like, God damn it! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I thought you'd get a kick you, out of that. You ran it over with the lawnmower when you got home, didn't you? No, I just walked around and said my okay. name was Owen McIntyre, and you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all, all through as I'm buying the, uh, you know, the the uh, lawnmower, yeah, I'm the just saying. The guy like, I know you were here last week. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. The same thing. So. For the love of God, yeah. I just want to cut the grass. Would you give me Stop a it. lawnmower already? Stop it. <laughs> uh, but yes, catchphrases. She's uh. <laughs> Since the six of shit, um, <laughs> passion she, flowing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she uh, she really digs your shirt, so I guess I'm gonna Thank have to you. wear it again. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! Uh, yeah, I but uh, new ones that I'm getting made along with hoodies. So, awesome. yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that? Not not the same fabric as that crap though. So, oh, okay. Yeah, what is yeah, this? Different. What is I don't this? know. The... It's oh, okay. like supposed to be like it's stupid baseball like shirt material. It's not what I wanted, but they gave me like a batch of them and I'm like, all right, screw it. They've been sitting in my oh, okay. closet for like months and I'm like, All right, I'm just gonna get these out of here. So uh we went to Tinley and I said, uh on the Tinley before show that if you come up to the table and you say that you heard me, I'll give you a shirt. And it had the desired effect. I ran out of goddamn shirts, and I was very happy about that. So um, when I get new ones made, I'll promise I'll do, like, the same damn thing for next Tinley. I don't care. So. Right. Better shirts. More sizes. Uh, So. (laughs) Very cool. Um, But, uh, yeah, next week we are going to have the results. Of the calendar contest, the calendar competition. Oh my god! Yes, so came quick, man. He, that went fast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so basically, everybody should take pictures of their animals and put them on the Morelia Pick of the Week under the pinned post to enter your animal into the calendar competition before Halloween, right? Yes. Okay. On Halloween night. So on Halloween night, yeah. Is when it ends. Go do it now. Um, and like we said, no no tub shots. We don't want to see an animal in newspaper. Take the damn thing outside or put it on some plain carpeting or put it on a stick. Um, take a picture. It needs to be clear. You know, uh, obviously it's a picture that you want to see in a calendar. So, you know, plan accordingly uh, and enter. And there are some categories that are pretty sparse when it comes to who entered so um if you're paying attention on the little thread there and you have an animal that qualifies for a uh, category that you know somebody really hasn't kind of weighed in too much you might just want to toss your hat in the ring because who knows yeah that's true thank you that's happened before you know i know that's that, oh, that's it, like, in the past. Yeah. Like, uh, 
for I forget where it was like he was like one of three people that entered. So yeah. it was like under this category. It happens to be inlands a lot. So Yeah, inlands and uh I know I haven't checked it uh recently, but I know coastals were kinda not getting a lot of love. You won't let you you won't let me enter. That's why. Yes. You won't let yeah. me put the coastals in. I want well, someone who bought like one of my babies, take a damn picture <laughs> of it. And, and enter it, it in into there? the calendar competition for the love of freaking God. <laughs> and, like, just so I can have one of my guys at least in the competition. And you right. know who you people are. And don't even right. ask me if, it, if it's a coastal. It's all I ever produce. So, Jesus Christ. Anyway. Uh, well, maybe next year we'll let you put uh, enter into the <clears throat> coastal competition. <laughs> don't toy with me like that. Don't you toy with me like that. Yeah, maybe. You know, well, you could always enter, but that doesn't mean you're going to win. I mean, you know, you could. It should. I mean, come on. Yeah. My entries are worth like 20. So. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, if you are want to get your snake into a calendar, and if you get picked, you win a calendar, um, be sure yeah. to uh, – Sure to get your stuff over there. Uh, it'll be cool. So, <clears throat> I guess that's all we got. So we'll just go down the list and uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, make sure you support US Arc, USARC dot org. Um, you can uh, sign up for the mailing list or send them some donations. Um, they do amazing things for our community and. Uh, I think that uh, I, I I get nervous to think where we would be without them. So uh, if you yeah. are using Ship Your Reptiles, uh, you can make a donation when you uh, are shipping your reptiles, um, you know, a buck or whatever, you know, at least it's something. And, uh, you know, I do it when somebody buys a snake from me, which is a rare occasion. It might happen every fifth moon cycle that uh i let an animal go <laughs> but uh that's it yeah. by the moon i knew it all right I'll <laughs> this. yeah um son of a but, bitch the hints were everywhere yeah oh uh so yes org. Uh, as far as us morelli python radio uh you can check out our website morelli python radio.com if you have any questions or comments about the show, future guests, anything along those lines, maybe the guests coming up, info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, you can check us out at our Facebook page. Give us a like. Show us some love. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, probably the best way to get the show would be on iTunes. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you write a review, uh, that would be awesome. Uh, that always helps push uh, – the uh, podcast to the top. If you're not a, a Mac or an iPhone user, you can always use whatever podcast app that you happen to use. Uh, just type in Morelia Python Radio. It should come up. Um, if you like a show, you like a guest, you want to show some support, uh, share the show around. Uh, share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Um, it seems like I don't know what happened. I don't know what uh, pushed people. I don't know if it was the ever since the retick show, but the numbers are just off the chain. So uh, thank you for everybody that listens. And, um, you know, 
We appreciate it. So, uh, and I know the breeders do as well. They're volunteering their time to come on and, uh, help, uh, educate people and, uh, put a, um, put in archives of, uh, you know, things that people can refer back to and, uh, try to be successful yeah. in keeping and breeding, uh, the various species that we talk about. So, um, hopefully, uh, that's what you get out of the show along with Owen's, uh, great, uh, wittiness. Witty um, banter. Oh, <laughs> yes. God. Uh, thank God uh, I'm here. So. Yes. It takes the show right to the top. Um, uh, but, uh, <laughs> Flattery we do appreciate you it. everywhere, but go on. So yes. <laughs> I did, I did want to say one thing. Um, yep. I saw that your post about Jim eating, uh, eating the candy up. <laughs> Halloween candy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you can't a, keep it around, like, Jim. Well, because the problem is, well, the problem is last year I waited too long and uh-huh. I went to like three different stores to try to buy Halloween candy. And all I could uh-huh. find was candy that had snowflakes on it and looked like wrapped in presents because it was all Christmas candy. Oh, boy. So upon losing my mind around Halloween last year, I'm like, all right, this year I'm going to get Halloween candy early. But now I'm sitting here and I'm like, no, he'd find it. And then I had to buy more <laughs> Halloween candy. Yeah, and I asked him that. I'm like, I'm like, if I bought Halloween candy, would you not touch it? I wouldn't touch it. You wouldn't touch it. Depends on what you got. I'm like, ah, see we there. We got now. <laughs> nope, nope. No yeah. trusting. Nope. So, yep. You'll have, to, you'll have to dummy it up with some candy corn or something like that so he thinks that's what uh, you bought. And then yeah. hide the good stuff, you know. But, yeah. Uh, very cool. Um, as far as myself, you can check out uh, my website, ebmorelia.com. Uh, you can follow me on my Facebook page. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and my email is eric at ebmorelia.com. Uh, hopefully, I think uh, the place that I use uh, for my website is redoing things. Uh, I hope that's soon. So probably by January, uh, both MoreliaPythonRadio.com and E.B. Morelia will be uh, refaced, I guess you would say, or redone or upgraded or however you website lingo says it. But uh, something yeah, happened. That's the, right. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's all I got. Uh, what do you got, Owen? Cool. Uh, what I got is you can go through rogue-reptiles. Uh, we have the whole breeding breakdown for this year. It is subject to change. We have a few things pending that might uh, be adding pairs as well as altering pairs. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we also have a not complete uh, up-to-date thing of what babies are for sale because, again, stuff has changed. And I now have uh, tigers and stripes and a few other things that we did not have previously and they're all in shed, so we're waiting them for them to shed before I take pictures of them and post them up on uh, line. But if you are looking for uh, tigers or striped blind animals, drop me a line. And I'll show you what we got with some quick cell phone pictures until I can get the pro pictures taken probably sometime next week. Uh, other than that, I have the next show I will be vending at will be the December Hamburg show. I have no idea when that is because I missed the last Hamburg show, so... I'll let you guys know as we get closer. Um, that's all I got, and that's all we have for you this week. So we'll catch everybody back here on Tuesday uh, for some more Morelia Python Radio. 
Good night.